With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They tested us as much as you know most teams can when they play these deeper blocks, and they frustrated us when we, in the first half in particular. Only touched into the path of Jackson Irvine, and that mistake allows Australia to open the scoring. William McGreed nipping in behind. Here's a chance. He's only just come on, and Jordy Boss with his very first touch. It's his first international goal. It couldn't have gone any better. I was amazing. Obviously, um, I came on, and then. I just drifted to the back post and it just fouled to me first touch. So, yeah, it was just it was a great moment and it was a great start to, to the campaign for me. I can uh, honestly say that <clears throat> we've got to improve a lot, lot more than that. So take the three points and move on for the Socceroos. I think Graham Arnold was suggesting there. Daniel Garby will be hosting 11.70 afternoons. Uh, today has been good enough to join us this morning to chat all the issues in the world game. Hello, Garby. Morning, Jules. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Uh, is that how you saw it? Not a great performance, but we got the three points in the bag and we move on. Yeah, the opening half an hour, half an hour was pretty nervy. I think the Socceroos had their best stuff in attack, but India set up well defensively. I mean, it's easy to look on paper and say, oh, Australia should win that game 4 or 5 nil." but uh, while Australia didn't have their best stuff, the Indians grew into the game in a defensive sense very well. I mean, Igor Skimach... Former Croatian defender, yeah. helped Croatia finish third at the 98 World Cup in France, played for West Ham and Derby County. Very experienced, coached the Croatian national team. He's been there for five years as Indian coach, so he's got them well organised. They know what they're doing. It's just about the longest-serving Indian manager of all time now. And Indian, Asian football's getting to the stage now whereby if you qualify for the Asian Cup, you kind of have your wits about you at least. Obviously, Australia was expected to dominate the game, and they did. But as they struggled to really deliver their best stuff in attack, India grew into the first half defensively, and it was concerning there for a moment. But when they did make their one mistake early in the second half, Jackson Irvine was there to uh, stick it home, and that allowed everyone to breathe a little easier. And then Graham Arnold brought on two super players, in Riley McGree and Geordie Boss, who I think have to start every big game for the Socceroos from now on in. McGree burns his opponent down the right. Geordie Boss tops it, uh, taps it home with his first touch since coming onto the field for his first Socceroos goal. And 2-0, uh, the end results. We'll take it. Certainly a lot to uh, learn from, I think, for Australia in terms of the way in which they attack. But uh, as we've seen many times before, teams often grow into the tournament and hopefully... That will be the story for Australia ahead of their next game against uh, Syria on Thursday night. Yeah, now the two groups in our uh, pool, Uzbekistan and Syria, drew nil-nil. So just on that, uh, the substitutions, of course, made an impact, as you mentioned there. Was it? So do you think Graham has learnt from that and they will start 
the next the next match those two? I think so. I think he wanted to maybe just rotate a little bit. He put out a strong side, but perhaps just give a couple other players opportunities in the game against India, which he knew on paper was going to be the easiest game in the group stages. So Gesson Jones got to start at right back, so he gets an opportunity. I think that means that Arnie wanted to go for a more experienced left-back option in Aziz Bayic, hence why Geordie Boss started on the bench. And Conor Metcalf's a player that I think Australian football fans have high hopes for. Melbourne City fans will know him very well with what he did at their team. He's a huge talent, and he was given the opportunity in attacking midfield. I'm not sure he fully grasped it, um, and I think Riley McGree will be the preferred option from here on in. So, yeah, McGree and Boss need to come in for, for the rest of the tournament for mine. But I can understand why Arnie just tinkered a little bit with his strongest 11 in that opening game to give others a bit of a look at things. Can we expect similar, I guess, tactics from our next two opponents that India, you know, very defensive, very organised, a lot behind the ball? Or do you think Uzbekistan and Syria will try and play a, a little bit more than the Indians did? I think Syria will try and hit us on the counter-attack. I mean, they almost did that with grand success against the Socceroos in 2017 when they were so close to knocking us out of the playoffs when Ange Postecoglou was manager leading into the 2018 World Cup. They were really good on the counter-attack. So, yes, while they'll look to defend low, they'll blitz as soon as they get the ball. And Australia will need to be careful in that sense. Uzbekistan will play. They'll look to frustrate Australia a bit, but they are handy on the ball. So... Australia will probably have more opportunities to expose them. But on the same token, the Socceroos need to be very careful against a side that has some very tricky customers as well. The draw between them in the opening game is handy for us because while it keeps both Syria and Uzbekistan alive in terms of progression... Uh, oh, we might have just... ...popping the group now with both of those sides uh, drawing their opening game. Jules, have you got me now? Gotcha, mate. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, so I think Uzbekistan will play a lot against Australia, um, but I think Syria will try and hit us on the counter-attack. We need to be wary of both teams, that's for sure. Uh, the Unite round in the A-League and the and, uh, A-League women on the weekend up in Sydney. Garby, the, the football and the men certainly was a success. Goals galore, some fantastic games. Overall, how did you see the concept working, You know, crowd numbers, the fact it was played across three different stadiums? What do you think the A-League will learn from the, the first experience? Yeah, it's, um, look, the football was fantastic, as you say. 28 goals scored across the A-League men's competition. That's an equal record for the most goals scored in the round. So clearly it had some sort of positive reaction in terms of the way in which the football was played. Yeah, they can learn a few things. I thought the decision last night to play the women's games is... Uh, lead into the men's games and have the men's games split. I think there could be a better way of organising that fixturing, perhaps. The crowds weren't great overall, but you've got to remember, this wasn't a concept that was drawn up similar to Magic Round in the NRL or Gather Round in the AFL. It was done as a compromise, right? So this is all about getting around that awful decision yep. to move the grand final to Sydney full-time based on a government deal, and regardless of who actually deserves to qualify for the grand final, the fan uproar meant that there had to be a change. So this was a compromise to that. Okay, put one entire round in Sydney, and now the grand final goes back to a normal situation whereby if you win the right to host it, well, you do say in your city, regardless of whether it's Perth, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, etc. 
So it needs to be looked at from a different lens with that in mind. That being said, you know, it was a shame that the crowds weren't bigger. There weren't more travelling fans. I think the A-League needs to make the season ticket holders uh, for the respective clubs. Those tickets need to allow free entry. Yeah. There was an extra round added to the competition, but you shouldn't have to pay for an extra game. I didn't agree with that decision. So there are some things that need to be changed. All in all, it was a fun weekend. But, yeah, the crowds could have been bigger and, and perhaps there are some moves they can make uh, for the future to encourage that. Yeah, I noticed some comments uh, prior to the Unite round from you know, the A-League hierarchy saying, don't judge us on the first year. So I think they'll, they'll learn some things uh, from what happened on the weekend. Uh, overseas, Garby talking in the World Game with Daniel Garby. You can catch him hosting 11.70 afternoons uh, today. Um, we saw the Newcastle-Manchester City game. Did the player return that might decide this title in the end by the name of Kevin De Bruyne? He may do, especially with Erling Haaland out until February. My goodness, wasn't that timely for Manchester City? I mean, he's one of the best in the world. He said during his long injury layout that he wants to come back as the best player in the world. It feels like his time on the sidelines after injuring himself in the first round of the season was eating at him. He looks strong. His first real game back, he comes off the bench, scores a fantastic goal, and then sets up the winner with an incredible assist. So, yeah, he made an enormous statement. He may decide this title race. He's a gem. But I think Liverpool were, and Arsenal for that matter, and whoever else stays in it, were fully expecting Man City without any reliance on one player for them to be in it right at the end anyway and to surge. I think it's just a stark reminder of how much quality they have, regardless of Holland being out. They can call on so many different options to get them through tricky encounters like Newcastle United away. But that was just majestic from Kevin De Bruyne in a tricky moment for his side to stand up like that. And, uh, yeah, Liverpool or Arsenal, you know, it feels like the Reds have got the jump. Obviously, they do points-wise, but uh, form-wise as well on the Gunners right now. They're going to have to be at their best. They're going to have to be perfect in the second half of the season because history has taught you that Manchester City generally are. And when they've got players like De Bruyne and then Haaland when he returns, well, yeah. Um, they're going to go on a big run. So you, you can't afford to drop many points at all. And uh, it's going to be a really exciting title race. And, yeah, that sort of summed up the quality that uh, is going to deliver in the run home in the search for that big trophy. So Villa and Spurs, both points away from home this morning. Seems like the general consensus is decent enough point for Spurs, given who they had absent. Would that be how you looked at that game? Yeah, Spurs were a slightly better side over Manchester United. I think they'll be more than satisfied with that. I mean, United are struggling. I mean, they're at home against a Tottenham team without Heung-Min Song. Yeah, United have got some players out as well. But, I mean, expectations have dropped so low that they come away with the points and they go, oh, yeah, okay. You know, so Mm. that's fine. That's as expected. I mean, they're just in such a rut right now. Eight points behind a Tottenham side that lost Harry Kane at the start of the season, had another managerial change, hasn't invested as much in their squad over the last five years. I mean, they're just way off where they need to be. And I thought Tottenham were very good value in this game as a result. And uh, and it proved to be the case. So, draw, I don't think either side can argue too much about it. Tottenham probably had the better of possession, which they more than often do. But I think with Son out, they'll take that. Tough 
fixture on paper, away to Manchester United as they try and get through this period without their captain and talisman in attack. And, and they're still in the title race, Spurs. And said it, didn't he, Jules? He said, I don't care what you know, the name of our club is. Yep. Look at the points. As long as we're in a title race, we'll say, yep, we're a contender for the title. And that won't change until we're not. So he wants those Spurs fans to uh, to keep on dreaming, and why not? Why not, indeed. Hey, before I let you go, Garby, what's going on with financial fair play? So we've seen Everton already docked 10 points. Reports out of England this morning that Everton and Nottingham Forest might be about to be charged. There's thought Newcastle might have to sell one of their decent assets uh, to keep within the rules. Are more and more clubs breaking these rules, or are the investigations into it a bit more thorough than they might have been in the past? I think the latter. I think the Premier League is looking to make more of a statement, and I think that's great. I don't think most fans have an issue with that. There are rules there. We don't want things getting out of control. We don't want clubs going bankrupt by spending more than they can afford to. We don't want the big clubs just spending because they're owned by big countries without any concern about what's coming in the other way. That's great. I don't think anyone has an issue with that whatsoever. And Everton might be in more trouble than Nottingham Forest, who, let's not forget, at the beginning of last season, signed every player under the sun <laughs> as a promotion club. So something's come into a, a correction there. But every single supporter will be saying, well, what about Man City and these charges hanging over them? What about Chelsea, who have spent close to a billion pounds over the last 12 to 18 months or so? How are they not being looked at? That's where the issue comes in. And that's where the Premier League needs to clarify matters and explain it to supporters so that these decisions on smaller clubs um, carry more weight. So I think that's where the frustration lies right now. Yeah, interesting times uh, coming up uh, in the Premier League because that could affect uh, the relegation battle uh, once more. Garby, again, thanks for your time and uh, enjoy the show coming up at uh, midday on 11.70. Will do. Rainy day in Sydney. Hope it's better weather weather in uh, Melbourne, but uh, we'll get through it, mate. Looking forward to the show. Thanks, Jules. Uh, Always is. Beautiful weather in Melbourne. Nice leading, Garby. Currently 22.7. Feels like 22.7. There's a surprise. 29 expected around 3 p.m. today. Bit of cloud covers kept the UV max just down to 9. Uh, pollen count is pretty low as well, according to Link around Melbourne CBD. That's for City Power supplying power to the homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. Let's get the latest now from the newsroom with Nathan Gardner.